watchers in the fourth dimension. I bring you greetings from all Daleks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hello and welcome to Watchers in the Fourth Dimension. I'm not Anthony. I am Anthony. I'm Julie. And I'm Riley. Merry Christmas or whatever holidays you celebrate to all of you out there. Today, Watchers in the Fourth Dimension is doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about two songs that have been written about Doctor Who. We're going to begin with a holiday classic. I'm going to spend my (laughs) Christmas with a Dalek. In 1964, producer of this record, Les Van Dyke, seeing the impact of Dalek Mania on the UK, asked himself a very simple question. How can I make some money off of this? His answer (laughs) came in the form of our song, I'm Gonna Spend My Christmas with a Dalek, written and produced by Van Dyke, although he did use the alias Johnny Worth, performed by a Newcastle group called the Go-Go's, but not those Go-Go's that were actually successful. (laughs) These Go-Go's consisted of musicians Mike Johnson, Alan Carnes, Abe Harris, Bill Davison, Les McLean, sadly not Les McQueen of Crumb Relay fame, and Sue Smith, all of whom were between 17 and 22 years of age. I don't know exactly how well this song charted, but their follow-ups, A Cyberman Let My Menorah, If You're Aboard, I'm On Board, and the way ahead of its time, YOLO Marco Polo, all failed to chart. All right, gang, what did we think? So the first thing that I noticed was that I thought the song sounded very similar to the Peter Gunn theme. Yes. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's the Peter Gunn theme, but then the vocals add in the putting on the Ritz scene from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little bit all over the place musically because you start out with the laser blast kind of sci-fi noises. Then you go into that pretty cool Peter Gunn riff and then it goes into that weird child singing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's the beginning of that weird sci-fi noise reminded me of like the beginning of the song called Telstar by the Tornadoes in 1962. It has a really similar sound when back in the day, like a lot of guitar groups had no vocals. It was just a bunch of guys playing guitar and occasional solos. That's what I picked up from the first bit. It does have a bit of a surf guitar kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be honest, I've never seen Peter Gunn, so I've never heard that theme. But I did love how (laughs) incredibly groovy that opening part was. That was very 60s, very fab. I have never seen Peter Gunn. I was in marching band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It went downhill pretty quickly after that, though. (laughs) You can kind of tell it's not meant to be taken seriously. I hope it's not meant to be taken seriously, because... (laughs) Did anyone catch any of the lyrics? Oh, I have the lyrics up right now. Oh, I'll take that <laughs> oh, as yes. a big yes. What do you think about those lyrics, Julie? <laughs> it makes no sense. And I think the first thing that really stood out to me was hang Christmas stocking from his big lead toe. Was it lead toe or, or red toe? I thought it's, he said left toe, but... Uh. <laughs> it says in the lyrics that I found, it's on TARDISFandom.com. It says lead toe. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm going to take their word for it rather than what I heard. But <laughs> It's a great question. Who knows? But yes, it's very childish in its writing as well as the singing and everything else. It's just very special. You get the impression that the character singing the song didn't really know what a Dalek was. 
<laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, has the, whoever wrote this ever seen or heard anything actually from the show, or have they just seen Dalek Mania and decided these are cuddly Daleks? I would like to think it's on purpose, that it's that silly for a reason, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that the ages of the Go-Go's are between 17 and 21, because I couldn't figure out that, that young girl voice. I was wondering if they got like an actual young girl to sing it, but you said everyone was between the ages of 17 and 21. And then I kept thinking when I was listening to it that this sounds like that song that revived on Christmas radio many, many years ago with the I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> that same kind of like young girl, kind of like cutesy girl with like the little lisp or something kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, I was like, I guess that's part of the combination they're like pulling from so many different things to make this one christmas song the vocal style as far as i i know is more than a bit of a put on where she is literally trying to sound like a little girl Mm -hmm. which is why i think in their writing they weren't being terribly serious (laughs) <laughs> what gets me is it's the type of thing that I don't think it could really happen at any other time. Not like mm. how, how some things sort of represent a zeitgeist of the culture. This is sort of a zeitgeist, I guess, because it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> things like Pac-Man fever in the 80s. Mm. When else would something like that happen? Or like Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Or Disco Duck. Or Disco Duck, exactly. Or Popcorn by Hot Buttered. <laughs> The Paul Lind Halloween special, these things that you watch them and it's kind of like a train wreck, but at the same time, it epitomizes the pop culture at the time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It definitely Mm -hmm. does. Everything from the sound to the weird obsession with spending a Christmas with a Dalek, it's 1964 all over. There's a lot that's very endearing about that. Thinking about it in isolation, is it actually a good record? No, but these novelty records never are actually good in terms of what truly makes a good song they're novelty for a reason and yeah it's it's fun it's it's a bit of candy you eat it and it's done and that's it so it didn't make number one at christmas in england is what you're saying it did not (laughs) (laughs) so while dalek mania was happening it wasn't that big of a deal all right it was probably kind of lost in the noise of every other bit of Dalek junk that came out at the time. Got this song, you've got Dalek board games, your puzzles and toys. I think there was probably a bubble bath from what I read. There was a Dalek ice lolly. There you go. You've got Dalek everywhere. So in context, it isn't that strange. And if you're wondering, the Christmas number one in the UK that year was I Feel Fine by the Beatles. Ooh, oh, that's pretty close. That's a close one for me. I feel fine. Mm. I want to spend Christmas with a Dalek. That's close. That's close. So looking at the lyrics some more, I found it interesting that they're going in between Happy Christmas and Merry Christmas. Just to throw that out there. You weird British people who don't always say Merry Christmas and have this happy thing going on. I'm going to be honest here. As a child growing up and bearing in mind I've lived in the US for 10 years at this point, so my memory might be fading. I don't ever recall anyone saying Happy Christmas to me. It was always Merry Christmas. But yet I see it in media, like British media. I see it in British TV. I see it in British books. Literally, I just never really heard it before. Or I guess I tuned it out and assumed it was always Merry Christmas. The results of the war unhappy. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. One thing, not that there's too much to say about this particular song, but the Dalek voice Mm. sounded almost exactly like K-9 more than a Dalek. (laughs) 
Oh, I was thinking right. that. Hmm. It definitely didn't sound Dalek. Yeah. I've seen some of K9 and New Who, so I'm trying to remember. It's just been a little while. It sounds just like that. Anthony, what is sugar spice? I mean, I know what sugar is. I know what spice is. I know you could probably get a, something called sugar spice if you put those things together, but is that a specific English treat, sugar spice? Not that I'm familiar with. I mean, I assume it's contraction of sugar and spice and all things nice. Right. But yeah, I'm not familiar with it either. It's certainly not a piece of confectionery that I, again, that I grew up having at Christmas. It's not to say it doesn't exist. So instead of a nice little wrap candy that she would be giving the Daleks, she's got a funnel and just like pouring sugar and spice down <laughs> it. Then. Exactly. That's going to be one hyped up Dalek. <laughs> dizzy, dizzy Dalek. Would you like a hug? <laughs> I like very much that the Dalek wants more plum pudding and more custard. I can agree with that. Especially custard. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next song, which has nothing to do with Christmas, but is pretty darn good. This is Who's Doctor Who by our own, well, not ours, if only we can claim him. (laughs) Oh, we'll claim claim him. him. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fight you, Anthony. I will fight you. I didn't say I'm claiming him. I said we're claiming him. This is Uh, a a group affair. (laughs) Who's Doctor Who by Fraser Hines. This song was written and produced in 1968 by songwriters Barry Mason and Les Reed. They apparently were very good songwriters. Just about everything they wrote was in the top 10 during the 60s. This was one of their few commercial failures. Hines himself said it was the only flop that Mason and Reed ever wrote. (laughs) Which is sad. I don't have a lot of snark for this one because I I genuinely like this song. This song was amazing. If no one else knows, I never listened to either one of these two songs. So going in completely blind, I have no idea what it's going to be like. And first off, I found the new flute solo that I need to learn. (laughs) So I have something to work on over the Christmas break. It was just fun and upbeat. And I think it does a good job of really talking about Doctor Who. It's got a surprisingly noisy intro for what was supposed to chart, ideally. I was surprised by that a lot because I, like Julie, went into this having no idea of what I was about to get. And it had the psychedelic opening, but then like the guitars are really, really driving. And for like those first 10 seconds, I'm like, this kind of sounds like 60s Black Sabbath. And then the swirly <laughs> guitars come in with the keyboard all of a sudden with the flute. And I'm like, okay, maybe not. It's fairly hard rock at the beginning. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, at times, it almost sounds like the kinks in the vocals as well. Mm-hmm. There is a kinks-like yes. vocal. The guitars remind me of really early Pink Floyd. Yes. A lot more anarchic. I really like how just before the organ comes in and it gets all quiet, it quotes the Doctor Who theme for a few bars on the guitar. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. I think the moment that I really enjoyed this song where it really clicked for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this, was when we hit that first refrain. And not only do you have like a backup (laughs) singers of like children singing, but also... They have a guitar solo off the very first refrain, a guitar solo layered in over the top. And then and then and then a and then a flute solo as well. I was like, chef's kiss. This is so good. It's, it's very psychedelics. It's once again very of its era, but it's really catchy. Oh, it's very catchy. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's a it's a great song. I, when I was listening to it, I was like, who does this remind me of that has that type of like really good sense of melody? For some reason, I was thinking about the grassroots from the 60s. Ooh. That's what I was thinking about. Yep, I can see that. I already mentioned the kinks, but I was truly thinking of the kinks in their kind of village green era. Mm. <laughs> I was really getting that vibe. Frasier Hines can sing. Yeah, yeah. he can. 
Does he have <laughs> other music? Yes. We will be yes. getting to another one of his songs the next time we do this. He does a song called Ooh. Time Traveler. There's also a B-side to this track that I think was... Punch and Judy, man. That's the one. Take that, Shatner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hands down, so much better. No, this was this was a lot of fun. You can tell it's so much better written than the previous mm-hmm. song. Lyrically, it is it has much more complex uh, musicality to it. While I, I didn't mind the harder rock intro, it just doesn't really seem to fit, and that might not have been in their favor. But I like it. It's fun. It's catchy. Apparently, Frasier was thinking, "Wow, you know, this was the third song that Reed and Mason wrote," and he was thinking, "Yeah, they've already had two hit singles." And I'm going to have the third one. And, and then he, this turned out to be the only flop they ever had. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I find that terribly sad. I think the song needs to come back. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Maybe uh, after this podcast, all 150 of our listeners will help spur this song to a repeat entry in the possibly a first ever entry in the British charts. I think that's what we need for Christmas 2020 is to bring this all the way up. Number one Christmas song. Well, not even Christmas song. <laughs> just number one song this year. Or just something for the iTunes chart watchers to be like, that's strange. This song just hit like, it had a little spike out of nowhere. I don't know how this happened. Number one in the charts, Frasier Hines. Number two, Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I would rather listen to Frasier Hines. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I try to follow people that have careers as just songwriters because I find them fascinating. Reading up on Les Reed, it's amazing some of the things that I see here. Like, not only has he written so many successful songs of that time period, but also, Anthony, this is interesting, he co-wrote the anthem, Marching On Together for Leeds United. Yeah, I saw that with, with Mason. It was it was Reed and Mason together that wrote that. I just am excited, the fact that they, Les Reed did uh, Tom Jones. <laughs> it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Uh, the best part of Mars Attacks, hands down. <laughs> that song. That's just a wonderful, enjoyable song. That really is. I think we've probably exhausted this topic for our little bonus episode. So I hope you, all of our listeners out there, enjoyed this. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks very much for listening and have a good one. been listening to Watchers in the Fourth Dimension with Anthony Williams, Julie Filipek, Riley Shrek, and myself, Don Smith. This episode, The War on Happy, was recorded on Wednesday, the 3rd of December, 2020. All of our previous episodes are available on your favorite podcasting app. You can also interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Watchers4D, or feel free to email us at Watchers4D at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe and leave us a review or rating on your favorite podcasting app. All of these things really do help the show. And remember, if you think a Dalek Christmas song is weird, just go to YouTube and count the number of songs about Baby Yoda.